0: hola como esta to all of my people out there in wtf land this is cluster johnson aka Sibo. Sibo is kind of like an inside joke it's an old rapper from college that we used to listen to his name was Sibo the bald head nut but anyway
1: i was gonna wonder you always throw Sibo in that, there that's that's, not, that's well, what it was that's okay. what it was <laughs>
0: As we can all see tonight, I'm rolling solo, Dolo. My man, Eastrick, is being honored back in his hometown of Opelika, Alabama. They're honoring him. Um, you know, a small town like that, they usually uh, bring back some of their famous cohorts and, and name a street after him or something. I don't know what he got going on. The man is in so many <laughs> Hall of Fames.
1: He's in, you know, he's he's inducted in so many things. You nailed it. We had uh, Russ Hookstein, he's from my area, Arlington. Okay. He went to the same school, Cedar Catholic population sixteen hundred. We got so Hoch- you know what I'm talking Hochstein about. Hookstein field. That's the football field we played on. Uh you came to the school. Yeah, they got a few things named after him up there. <laughs> but I want to thank everybody. If you are
0: tuned in tonight, I want to thank you for the for coming to 937 the ticket WTF podcast. We're growing. This is episode seven and I'm going to jump right in tonight because I got, we got an exciting evening. I got a special guest. I'm going to talk about that here in a little bit, but I got to touch on something magnificent that happened this weekend that i have been waiting for, for a long time. And that was the Errol Spence versus the Terrence Crawford fight. Now, we got to switch that now because that was a big point of contention, Harrison. Mm-hmm. That name on the, the carousel was Spence Crawford. Crawford said now it's Crawford Spence <laughs> yeah. if there's going to be a rematch. But what we were able to see was a master class of epic proportions. I'm telling you, it, it was a technical display of boxing beauty. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Bud outclassed how punched how smarted he was stronger he was hungrier i mean i was in utter shock
1: yeah i'm right there with you even if that round even if that fight went all the way through he dominated on the scorecard
0: i couldn't believe it mm-hmm. and if the people of nebraska could say that's what they expected they're lying <laughs> yeah. they are lying now i would give it up to the people who are actually in his camp mm-hmm. they knew they actually saw something and they just they were like, it's coming. Just everybody just watch what's about to happen because it's coming. Mm-hmm. Now, at this point, there is no more discussions about who is pound for pound, the greatest boxer in the world. There's no debate. That thing is over. He is now on top of the pound for pound list. I mean, right away the next day, that stuff came out and and people say there is no doubt. Um, you know, one of the things you and I talked about Harrison off the air was looking at Errol Spence, was he himself?
1: Uh I did, think he was himself. Something happened. But I like in terms of like injury, I think he was himself. Um, it's for me the thing was I don't I don't know if the full respect for Bud was there walking in there. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, that's definitely one of the things on the list was mm-hmm. the respect there, but I do know one thing, there were a ton of doubters, there was people questioning his. Uh, you know, who he boxed before, you know, he talked about some of the haters as he was up on the stage. He pointed some people out, but I'm gonna tell you what, at the same time, I felt like he showed a lot of class.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, he took all of Errol's belts and gave them back to him. I, I don't know if you guys saw that in the post fight, but, you know, Bud gave his, his belts back and, um, and that's, that was a really cool move after he got done really having his way with them. And prior to the fight, there was a lot of back and forth going on. You know how it gets with fighters. Yeah, you got to sell fight, the fight. They sold the fight and it got a little nasty.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There was a ton of name calling. There was some finger pointing. You ducked me. You. <laughs> you know, it was a lot of that stuff going on. And, uh, I, you know, after the end of the fight, I just, we got a chance to see a lot of mutual respect. And, um, uh, I think a lot of those guys realize that's what they got to do to sell the fight.
1: Right. Yeah. You see that all the time, whether boxing or UFC once, once the round's over, you yeah. know, there's typically not always typically there's not a always. lot of respect shown because I mean, if you're in those sports, yeah. that's just different. Like you have to be a fighter. You can't make yourself a fight. I feel like that is just in you. Like you got to really want it because the, the money's not going to be there right away either. Absolutely. So you got to want to be a fighter.
0: Well, what happens? I think, a lot of times is if it gets personal, mm-hmm. if you start talking about family members, if you start
1: like the Khabib and Conor McGregor,
0: absolutely that, that mm-hmm. right there, the name calling. And then uh, maybe it gets physical, like real physical. Before the fight even starts, it's really kind of hard to come back from that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that being said, I want to transition, OK, because tonight is it's a special night for myself. I have a brother that's coming on, a brother from another mother. And I say that about the class of 91 that that we all came into Nebraska at the same time. But nobody really gets a chance to, you know, there's a, there's a few of us that you have been able to hear from over the years. And uh, you know our, a lot of our stories because we just kind of been in the media. But this guy is really just kind of. Done his job, had his raised his family, and just kind of stayed out of the spotlight. Some mm-hmm. and as I knew I was gonna be doing this show alone, I want I wanted to say, okay, who do I want to bring on that will be a little bit different, get a little different perspective? He is probably was raised the polar opposite of myself and strict and What people don't understand is in sports, when you bring those type of people together, that's when you break down walls, you break down barriers, you know, racial barriers.
1: I think you guys talk about it a lot. That's what made Osborne great. Absolutely. He broke those walls. You guys were a team. Every year under Osborne, that was the team, a family even.
0: I'm going to tell you, I learned a lot from going to Nebraska and being able to become friends with guys like, Jeff McAvick, who's coming on to the show, Steve Ott, who's from, uh God, where's Steve Ott from? I'll think of his town here in a minute. You know, people like Terry Keneally from Hyenas. I mean, there's just tons of guys that you have a chance to meet and you may have a perception. Mm-hmm. There may be some perceptions of small towns and guys from the cities. Then you get together and have a common goal to win a championship that that brotherhood that bond can never be broken now i've seen jeff and i've talked to him a few times over the years and i'm gonna tell you right when we see each other or right when we talk it's like a huge smile because the smile is i know i know you know and i know and what the you know and i know is what we went through because from 18 to about 22 in a young man's life, that is a really tough time. That is a time when you are trying to find out who you are as a man. What is your purpose? What are you here for? Do you mean anything to anybody? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of things that are going through a young man's uh, um, a time in that time of life. You can even look at, Depression and suicide st- statistics right now—that age group—it could be is fairly high because, believe it or not, a lot of times for young men, people don't care. You know, they they don't care. It, the world is about, hey, listen, you got to get out there and you got to get it done. Now, I do feel like when it comes to um, mental health and having somebody talk to that has changed a lot over these last 20 or so years.
1: Yeah, it's gotten better.
0: It's gotten a lot better. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna tell you, it, it's it's still there's still a connotation about a man reaching out for help sometimes. Yeah. There's still kind of a, a stigma about it. And you really have to surround yourself with the right people. You gotta have somebody that you can really talk to and walk you through this thing called life man because it can be difficult and at that time when we are when football is everything to us Mm -hmm. and going to school is everything to us and if that's not going well it's like my world is caving in on me
1: well i feel like at that age too you know i that's kind of, for me, you know, I'm only 24. Absolutely.
0: Right? You can speak on it, right? So you like, know.
1: You, this is the point in time where you can, you can hear the clock ticking, right? Absolutely. Like, am I meeting my goals? Yes. Do I even have a plan in front of me? And that, I feel like that's when like young men in particular, they feel like they got to have that full plan yes. and you hear that clock start tick high yes. school's over. What am I going to do? I think, I think it's a lot of stress on young men in particular is that you hear that clock going and you got to figure out a plan. Like, what are you going to do if this football thing doesn't work out? You know, is it, it's just a lot a lot Absolutely. to figure out at a very crucial point in life
0: so without further ado this this special guest my friend your friend bring back the full back i'm going <laughs> to bring him on the show right now jeff
2: macavicker <laughs> yeah hey cluster how's it going man Listen, I love I love hearing that fullback. I don't hear it enough. Maybe we'll hear it more. Uh, this coach, this rule guy, I really like what he's saying. Uh, so maybe we'll hear more of the fullback. Yes, yes. Listen, it's been a while since
0: Jeff and I have really had a chance to chop it up. So I want everybody out there to know that this is this is. Us catching up live, <laughs> we are actually catching up live right here on live streaming on the WTF podcast. By the way, Jeff, WTF is we talk facts now, <laughs> it's a double entendre to that, and you know what the other part of it is. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> man, listen, I again, I want to thank you for coming on to the show, yeah, as you guys can see. Jeff is sitting in an office now. Jeff, could you please tell the people what you're doing now and, and uh, what you've been doing over these years since you've left football?
2: Yeah. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm a corporate attorney at QTAC Rock here in Omaha. We, I'm actually in our, our building in glorious downtown Omaha right now. It's the old Omaha building. If you remember, if you've walked by that, 16th and Farnham. So we have uh, lawyers uh, in the entire building, so it's it's a national firm. We have about um, 600 lawyers, and it's it's actually the only national firm that's headquartered in Nebraska. And that's what's really neat about being here. the The guts of the system is here in Omaha, so we keep that kind of culture and we spread it uh, throughout the country. So it's a, it's a great firm, and I've been here since 2012, and. Like I said, I'm I'm a corporate lawyer, so I'm a boring lawyer. My girls laugh at me. They're like, "You're not one of those lawyers that is a real lawyer that goes in the courtroom, are you?" And I'm like, "No, I don't do that. I just put deals together and I help people buy banks. I help people buy uh, other companies, and so I, I push a lot of paper. But it's fun. It's it's really interesting job. You learn something every day. But um, you know what? Like Cluster mentioned, you know, one of the things that got me. Uh, you know, interested in what I'm doing now, and keep like you push yourself, cluster every day. We push ourselves every day because of the lessons we learned as young men. And yes. what's really unfortunate, I wanted to say this because you brought up a great uh, point about um, young men and their, you know, their their vulnerable times and being part of a program. Th- that's what I, I I really really hope and wish, and and we're gonna get there with Coach Rule is I want to, I want these kids to have a similar experience like you and I had cluster. I want them to have champions. We, we have five, what do we have? Five big eight each year we got a ring. And then two years we got big national championship rings. And, and the years before us, the guys that, that weren't on national championship teams, they were winning the big eight year in and year out. And they were in big games and they were winning rings. And that, that Go working towards that and seeing um, the end. The the end, maybe a championship, really does bring you together even more because you accomplish something unimaginable unimaginable together. So I really hope these kids can can get there. I really do. That was beautiful.
0: Listen, the first thing I want to say, Jeff, is don't diminish what you do as a lawyer because <laughs> passing the bar and going to going to school to do what you have to do man i'm i'm telling you not not everybody can do that i mean there's i know in those programs there are, are weed out courses for people yeah. to to not pass and you pass them so yeah. that's a huge deal now thank you i'm about to bring something back to you jeff because i'm like you know what what is what are some things that people would want to know about jeff that they don't know so um, let me tell you where i went jeff <laughs> let, let me tell you where i went If you can see this book right here, right? Yes. (laughs) This book right here is a book that we all wrote. Yeah. We won back-to-back national championships, okay? We all have our own chapter, okay? So what I did is I did a little research on Jeff. So we about to go back, Jeff. I'm going to take you back. Now, before I take him back, before I take (laughs) him back, what we looking like on time? What we looking like on time before I take them back? Because we got we a. We got lot about of, five
1: minutes left on this segment. We got
0: some stuff to uncover. Okay, Jeff, listen, I'm here in the Jeff Macavica section. As you, everybody can see this, I want everybody to see this right here. Jeff, he's McAvica. a lot bigger than. <laughs> he has his own section now. Your dad, John.
2: Yeah,
0: he did something very, very important that. I wanted to do also as a father, okay? I'm going to read this excerpt, and after I read it, I want you to talk about it, okay? Although he came from a sports-oriented family, Jeff was never pushed into athletics. My father left the decision up to me and made it clear he would support me with or without sports. We're called McAvica. It was my choice to pursue athletics, and I felt fortunate to have a father who could guide me throughout the whole process. I really didn't get serious about sports until the seventh grade. Now, take me back to that time, Jeff, when here your dad is this great athlete, multi-sport athlete from the University of Kearney. Your sister, who's older than you, was a great athlete at the University of Kearney. How did he not put the pressure on you guys to say, hey, listen, now it's your turn? talk to it, us about that
2: yeah it was it was really neat where if it was a if it was any any different it probably would have been it it just would have been um, too much pushed on you you know he never uh, pushed us and said you know you, you got to do this sport you got to do this you got to do that he was just there if we had questions I remember what and he wasn't uh, a coach when I was playing uh, at East Butler but after one of the my first games in high school, he noticed I was doing something wrong when I was running the football. And he said, I can show you some stuff out on the lo- out on the farm, out on the lawn if you want. And so he was always that way. He'd, he'd offer it um, if we asked. And the biggest, the absolute biggest thing that he gave me and my mom is that um, we we were never afraid to fail they they always you know sports isn't it? if you lose the game if you don't make the team we're still home we're at home and we'll love you and we'll you know we're there for you so sports weren't the end-all be-all so that you you approach things where um you weren't afraid to lose a game you weren't afraid to be an eight-man football player and walk on at Br- Nebraska. Because I knew if I failed, I mean, I still had this this great dad, this great mom to come home to, and 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 it wasn't going to ruin their world if I didn't make it. It really, it really wouldn't. But what they did is they found what each of us loved, and they helped support it. So, like with my kids, you know, I have some some of my daughters are into sports, and then a, a couple others aren't, but they love other things. And you find out what they love, and then you just get in there and you get behind them, and that's what my parents were like, it really, my dad especially.
0: I want to repeat something that may have been ran over really fast. Jeff was is from Brainerd East Butler. He played eight-man football. He didn't start until his junior year, ended up winning a state championship. So he had lots of cards stacked against him. And and listen, Jeff, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back. But we just started the beginning. This is just the beginning because there's more stuff out of this chapter that we got to touch on. So just give us one quick WTF podcast. We'll be back in a few minutes.